whole is an outlet. It's a tool for for people to kind of explore themselves, to express themselves. And yes. that's what matters to me. That's the way I see pole, like as a form of therapy. Hey fam, welcome to the Black Girl Fit Files, a podcast dedicated to overall health, self-improvement, and creating the life you deserve to live. I'm Delijah, founder of Black Girls Pole, ice cream sandwich lover, and obsessive life giver. Join me and frequent guests, which include a roster of dope black women, as we talk about various topics from entrepreneurship to self-love and a little bit of everything in between. Turn up your volume, y'all, and let's get to it. What it do, you guys? What it do? Happy, happy Thursday, friends. Guess what? I am currently sitting in my hotel room in New Orleans because it is officially the first Black Girls Poll retreat of 2022, and we are here for Mardi Gras. We're also here to pole dance, but really, we are here for Mardi Gras and to turn all the way up. I'm so excited. There's a litter, there's there's a parade going on right now outside of my window. We are in a great location. The parades are happening. It's about to be turn up central. The instructors are here. Shit gets popping today. We have our first class today. The students are coming in. And New Orleans is like wild right now because they haven't had Mardi Gras in two years. So Turn your notifications on. Just go ahead, turn your notifications on. And also, be sure to tell your friends and you guys to subscribe to the podcast. And if you're feeling really, really good and you want to show me some love, I would love it if you just left me a comment. You know, you have not because you ask not. And I keep forgetting to ask you guys just to, like, throw a little comment in there. So, yeah. So, Mardi Gras, beads. Is this is this where you do yeah, you do show your boobs for be I'm not doing all that. I'm not I'm not showing the titties, but I'm probably sure that I will see a lot of exposed skin. I already saw someone on my flight had like purple hair, another person had green hair, someone was completely painted in glitter with green hair. Like and this was just at the airport, y'all. So imagine Imagine what is about to happen in the next like few days. Anyway, all right, y'all, I have such a great episode lined up. I had the best chat with Kristen, also known as the Polecologist, also known as Dr. Kristen. She is a pole dancer. She is a mom. She is killing it. She's a beautiful pole dancer. She is the Polecologist as well as the founder of Polecology and Pole Postpartum. Her story is so beautiful. She shares what she went through when, actually, y'all, she was in her PhD program while pregnant, and I, I like, during her, like, first, like, year of motherhood. It's hard enough being somebody's mama, but being somebody's mama and figuring it out and trying to figure out breastfeeding and getting your doctorate and going through a doctoral program, a PhD at that. That's what I'm going to say. Just dive into this episode and just it was it was so great talking to her. She dropped so many gems and I'm excited to share it with y'all. So check it out. I'll holla. All right. Hello, Miss Kristen. How are you? 
Hey, Elijah. I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The the weather is East Coast weather, so you know. But but besides that, I'm good. I'm good. And you are in Florida, so I'm sure it's beautiful. Whatever in Florida. Florida cold. It's Florida. It's hit sixties. You know, at night we don't we don't like that. You know, people wear their bubble jackets and scarves. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Mm-mm. We can't handle it. They wear their <laughs> bubble jackets at sixty degrees. You know, I yeah. Well, I don't even want to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like come on, Floridians, just dramatic. That is dramatic. That is dramatic. Okay, so you guys, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you today. I have been just following your journey and following who you've become, and it's been such a delight to watch you just grow and develop and and really like step into the confident woman, the confident person that you are. So can you tell us the story of how you became the woman that you are today? Wow. What a big question. I love it because it makes me think, you know, sometimes it's like when people ask me how my day is going or what I do today. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I don't even remember what I did today. I guess that's kind of how my brain works, but wow. My story has a lot of twists and turns, a lot of unexpected milestones that I've wanted to happen, but just like maybe not when they happened, but you know, God has a plan for me and that has shaped who I am today. I think number one, being in school and having a baby while in school, which is why my name on Instagram is the Polecologist. So for listeners that do not know or are not familiar with my story, I started my Instagram account when I was getting my PhD in psychology. Come um, on now. Come I on now. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have earned my PhD in psychology. I've been a PhD for about two years. So yay. Over. I'm sorry. I like addressed you as Kristen. <laughs> I should have addressed, addressed you as Dr. Kristen. My bad. My bad. No, girl. <laughs> we're cool. Yes. Dr. Kristen, Kristen, like I'm so, it's whatever. I probably don't introduce myself as Dr. Kristen as often as I should, to be honest. You should. But um, I should, right? I need to put respect on my own name. Yes. But yeah, so I started the Polecologist when I was in school and it, I had like another name before that it was just like a play on my last name. But I started pole dancing just to kind of like have a space for me. I started pole dance at a time in my life where there was a lot of transitions. I had just gotten married. I had just started my program, my PhD program, and I really needed a space to just kind of like explore and to not have a rigid structure Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like be in my body and move and feel good. I've always been a mover and like I've always been in the arts since I was young. I did dance and I did gymnastics. I also did visual arts when I was young as well. So pole at the time that I did start my pole journey, it was like a way back to that creative aspect of my identity that kind of had been not, I hadn't been tapping into it because I had other priority school. So being in grad school is just really wild because you always have something to read. You always have like things to do and like numbers to crunch. It it takes a lot of brain power. 
So any type of activity, like I always tell my grad students, like with clients and stuff, like just, just be, you know, like just be and move your body and you're doing it right. Like in your, in your pole journey, that's my philosophy as a teacher, just move. So yeah, that's how I started my journey. And then I just fell in love. Honestly, I really fell in love with pole as my own personal liberation practice as a form of therapy. And I just got really good at it and got really popular online. And people really just resonated with my story as a mom. So like I said, I started my pole journey at a time of like a lot of different transitions, school, marriage. And then I also had an unexpected pregnancy when I was in graduate school. And so pole was really just like my way of just having a connection to my identity through motherhood. And I pulled through my pregnancy. And then I took a pause after having the baby to really sink into motherhood and to also like figure out my new postpartum body. Wait, don't give it yeah. all away because we're going to get into that. Don't give it we'll all away. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But anyways, it's pole has always been like a consistent for the last, ooh, it's been like four or five years, consistent like space in my life that I can come back to and just feel a sense of like home and relaxation and just groundedness really got it yeah okay (laughs) okay well what made you say I want to get a PhD in psychology (laughs) what was going through what was like going through your head when you were like I how long was the program well I did it in four years I want to take, a four, I want to do a four-year PhD program in psychology. Like what, what prompted this? <laughs> you're going to laugh, Elijah. Like you're really going to laugh. I never had dreams of being like getting a PhD. So I got a master's before as a PhD. Mm-hmm. I'm a very just go-getter type of person. I just like to do things and that's just me. But I got my master's and I remember like, one of our last days of class and one of my favorite classes, the professor was like, so is anyone interested in like the PhD program? Cause the ma- it was like a master's program and they had a PhD version, like one step up. Right. And then I saw people raise their hand. And in that moment I was like, I think I could do this. So I raised my hand and that's how I decided. <laughs> so I didn't get my PhD. <laughs> honestly. I was like, yeah, I could do this. this you were good. like, oh, so once I raised their hand, girl, I could do yeah. this too. I got this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got this because no, I mean, the people that did raise their hand, like I've had great conversations with them and I'm like, you know what? Like if they can see that for themselves, like, and we have the same conversations, we're interested in the same things. Like maybe I should see this for myself. And it, it was a powerful moment because this is a program where it's mostly people of color, women of color. And the professor wow. who asked was a black woman. And she was the first black woman professor I had ever had. And so, wow. and then the other women that raised their hand, one of them was a black woman as well. So I was just like, maybe I should see this for myself. Like maybe, I, maybe this is what I was destined to do. That's so I think powerful. it was more of a calling. Yeah, it that's, was a calling. Yeah, that's really powerful to have a black woman stand in front of you and, you know, ask you if you're interested in this program and it's like why not dream big why not that's that's like the least that we could do for ourselves that's beautiful oh my god I love that thank I, you I, I love it so you're in the program you're pregnant 
right? You had the baby, baby, beautiful baby girl. You're still in the program. How did you manage being a full-time student and being a full-time mom? New mom. Oh my goodness. First time new mom. Right? Oh my goodness. Wow. And it's like, I'm having that moment of like, how did I do, how did I do that? Yeah. Definitely not by myself. It wasn't right. an eye thing. I had a lot of support. I still have support. My mom, she would come, come to visit and help out. My daughter's father's family would come and help out. Um, like our families just would like take turns coming and helping. Okay. Like we have a very, very strong supportive collective families on both of our sides. So yeah, definitely there was no I. And also even in my program. So my advisor, she's amazing. She is a mom as well. Okay. And so like to young children and she like, she had a similar story, like got pregnant and well, her, she got pregnant when she first started her tenure track position. But wow. so she was just very helpful. She had that same mentality of like family is important, but I'm also like, I like to work and I'm a hustler mom. So this is what I'm doing. My program even threw me like a little baby shower with like, oh. a, it was like a diaper party. Yeah. So I had a really good, really good group of people in my cohort and in my program and in family. I love really it. Came through. I love Absolutely. it. I love it. So we've both experienced this whole, the postpartum journey and you had said it before, of like what it's like getting back to not even getting back to, but stepping into this, this new title in this new body and trying to go back to pole dancing and trying to, you know, what was that? What was that like? And how was your postpartum journey? Just beginning. Yeah. I, I like your perspective on this. It's like walking into your life as a new person mm -hmm. <laughs> so much has changed it was I would say rough in the beginning for the first six months after pregnancy I I was in postpartum physical therapy because I did experience diastasis recti the okay. separation of the abdominal muscles yes so I experienced that I think my largest separation was like three fingers wow um yeah, right in the middle. I had a very big baby for my body, so I'm I'm tiny. Yes. I'm five foot one, and my baby was eight pounds. So <laughs> yeah, I was all tummy, all belly. Wow, and I'm five foot one, and he was. I'm I'm actually five one, and he oh, was five, five and he was five one. He was five oh, pounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's a little baby. So imagine, yeah, imagine. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't imagine carrying around an baby. eight pounder. Okay. I know. And they said like subsequent pregnancies, like your baby, like I'm going to have big babies if I continue, which I most likely will. So I'm just going to have a, I'm a big baby woman. So I was in physical therapy and I did it. Very, I'm very disciplined. So I did my homework every single day. I went to therapy every week. Wow. Just about for six months. And it was, it was expensive. I had really good insurance as a grad student. Okay. There we go. So the one good thing about having a baby in grad school and you like are fully funded, like in a PhD program, typically you get really, really good health insurance. Y'all heard that? Really good health insurance. So it's kind of like, yeah, of course it's hard, like having babies in grad school, but you get good health insurance. So 
I mean, my insurance covered like 80% of things. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's amazing. Yes, okay. girl. So that's, I, that's why I did physical therapy for six months. And even still, even still, the 20% was expensive. So exactly. Exactly. That, and it helped me to get back into pole. And I started my journey from the very beginning again. It felt like being in the studio as a brand new pole baby and learning like the basic things all over again. But it was exciting. Yes. It was exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is. It's like this, like, when you go back in, I remember the first time like I pulled afterwards, my feet hurt so bad from just like mm. pointing my toes. And because, mm. you know, your, your feet are swollen from pregnancy. You sit around all day, you're breastfeeding, you're sitting, you're doing this, you're sitting. And it's like, when's the last time I actually like pointed my toes this hard? And I, and I did it. And then it was just like, that, that rediscovery of, oh yeah, there are muscles under here somewhere. And (laughs) (laughs) there there are muscles under here somewhere. Yes. So, but did you feel like trying to juggle who you are, who you are as a student, who you are as a partner, who you are as a new mother? Was it, how was it? (laughs) It was too much. It was too much. And it's like, I'm at part of my journey where I can say that now for the longest I really struggled with like the strong black woman mentality Mm -hmm. of like not wanting to admit when I needed help or not wanting to admit when something is too hard and just always trying to be optimistic and positive in a way that is toxic because Mm -hmm. we are human beings with like that experience of variety of emotions and it's okay to like acknowledge that and Mm -hmm. to, to feel those feelings that are not the ones that feel good so I can say now, like it was, it was too much. It was entirely too much. And I was very much so overwhelmed, but I just, I didn't always want to admit that to myself, you know? Mm, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you were like living this, you were like, had the rose colored glasses on. And then you were like, let me take these shits off because this ain't it. Okay. <laughs> I took them off. I started therapy like consistently. I had to shop around finding a therapist that you click with is hard. I. So I started my therapy journey when my daughter was around six months old. She's three years old now. And I will say it took me that long and I moved to a whole nother state. So I had to find a therapist that was in my state. Right. But I just now found like a a therapist that I'm super compatible with. And I've been with her for like eight months. Wow. And we have a great relationship. There we go. Yeah. So therapy is like how I am still because postpartum is forever. It is. Like, it's not just like a year, like after you have no postpartum is forever. And so I'm, yes. I'm finally feeling like, all right, I can manage, I can right. manage these things. You'll have the tools. And it gets, it gets easier because you get wiser and you feel more confident and it, it does, it gets easier. The mother part, it's, it's still an ongoing. It's just like a different type of heart. It's a different type of, you know, every milestone, every age that they hit, but it does, you feel more confident in this, in this role that you've taken on. I love that. And it took me three tries to get the right therapist. So I feel you on that. (laughs) I feel you on that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So now what do you do? I I love asking this question because everyone's answer is always so different. What does self-care look like for you? What is it that you are like, I'm not going to miss this no matter what, come hell or high water. This is my self-care thing that I do for myself. (laughs) 
So I actually just started this maybe like a couple of months ago, but all of my close friends know that like on Sundays, Kristen is not leaving the house. Unless it's for like a really great reason, like, you know, business or just like, I got to be there for a friend or I got to be there for someone. But typically I do not cross that boundary. (laughs) Like I'm staying home. That is the last day that I have to prepare for the week that's a part of self-care, just managing myself. I also use that as a time. So I co-parent. So on the weekends, I have that time for for myself. Right. So I don't have to parent on Sundays, which is amazing because I can take that time to get ready for the week. And one very important part of my self-care routine is pleasure. Yes, so Sunday is my day for self-pleasure. Come on now. <laughs> come on. The honesty, y'all. I love it. No, that's a part of it. It's it's my day for self-management, self-pleasure, like all of the things. Anything I want to do, that's what I'm doing on Sunday. Period. Okay. Love it. Don't call me because I'm gonna be by myself. DND. Phone on DND. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I love it. I love it. So you've had a lot of life changes over these past like two years and you have a very healthy co-parenting relationship. What has that been like? Like what, how did you get to that, that space? Oh my goodness. So my ex-partner and I, well, we're still partners because we're, we're co-parents. Right. And that's a partnership. It's a beautiful partnership but we are no longer in a, like a romantic, romantic relationship. We removed the romance out and we co-parent and that was an amicable decision and it's great for us. And it has been very helpful in terms of the way that we parent. I feel like we're better parents Mm -hmm. in our co-parenting relationship. Yeah. And I also feel like co-parenting is an approach to parenting that can be used not just for people who are not romantically involved, but like even within couples, like wow. it's like how you approach. Yeah. Cause it's like, all right, when do you, you need to do this. You need to work on your business. You need to do that. Let's divvy up. So let's say on weekends, you get to do your thing. Right. And then during the week I get to do my thing. That's what we do. And it works for us. And it works for our daughter too, because she gets to, Parents that are all the way together and happy. <laughs> right, right. And and that that has been really helpful for, for everyone involved. So I have a healthy relationship with myself. I have a healthy dating relationship. I've just been, the end of 2021 has just been my year of like self-management, I would mm. say. And so a part of that self-management I've had to make decisions that help me to transition my life into the life that I want to live for myself, want to create for myself. So in self-management, I'm taking less responsibility of others on myself and I'm doing more for myself and I'm living for myself. And that helps me to be a better mom, a better co-parent, a better friend, a better dating partner. (laughs) Yes. And I, and I, it's so important because I feel like we always are like, well, I have to do this for the baby and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have to, the baby, 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 the partner, the partner, the partner, the partner. And then it's like, but what about you? And everyone says you can't pour from an empty cup. 
blah, 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 blah. But it's really true because like, if you're not right, you're going to be resentful, you know? And if you're, if you are not getting that time that you need, I like tell my friends this all the time. I'm like, girl, you better, you better go to a hotel for a night. And I don't care if you literally put your scarf on your head and you sleep or watch law and order all night, but like, you need that that time to yourself. It's so, so important. I love your self-care, your self-care Sundays. Yeah. I know not to even hit you. I'm not going to like Girl, DM you or anything on Sunday. <laughs> don't do it. I'm going to hit you back on Monday though. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> now I, now I kind of want to test it just to see. <laughs> no, it's, it's more of like a I don't want to leave the house only to grocery shop kind of thing. So right. I don't go to functions typically on Sunday, unless it's brunch. I make, ex- I make an exception for a good brunch, right. a little French. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So now besides you being the polecologist, you also have a whole other life about you. Can you talk about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, girl. So, the way I live my life, I believe in working in seasons. I'm a very colorful person. I, I always have to explain this to people, but I'm in the season of doing research. So <laughs> I'm a research consultant. It's amazing. Full-time. Yeah, thank you. I started that at the end of last year, like 2021. It's great because I get to use my PhD. <laughs> right, right. There we go. To really help organizations to solve problems in their communities with research and aside from like outside of poll and movement that's also a passion of mine like um, doing qualitative research specifically is my specialty is my expertise so I'm doing that you know I after I got my PhD I took a really long break from Much. research because I was just Girl, needed. Like, <laughs> I was like, I just need to figure out my life. And I, I wasn't in the season. It goes into my, my philosophy of working in seasons. I wasn't in the season for research. So I finished the PhD. I was in the season for movement. I'm still in the season, but it's definitely less. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the season for research. And you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how that goes. We'll see. Yeah, that's just, that's just my life. We'll see. I'm here for it. So how did you come up with the Polecologist? And what is the Polecologist? I love that question. Um, so I thought I was being like catchy in, in like my my role as a psychologist and uh, also like a pole dancer. My whole point with that name was just bringing the intersections together. I know quite a few people that are in academia or are in corporate America or in women in fields in which they have to hide a part of themselves so that Mm. they get treated with the same respect as person would treat a man. Right. right? So to, to maintain their respect and integrity, they hide the certain aspects of their life Mm. that men namely won't take seriously pole being one of them. And so I just decided, you know, I'm a very unashamed, shameless person. I don't like to do anything where I feel like I don't want people to know about it. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, I have to hide. So I just was like, I'm not hiding. Like, I am a multifaceted woman. Everybody is multifaceted and dynamic. I can 
write you a research report and then I can also like do my thing on the pole and there's nothing wrong with that right. I'm I'm a woman I'm sensual I'm powerful and so me bringing the two together was just that that's what a polecologist is really like a psychologist and a pole dancer and it also relates to my approach to pole I'm very much so into the self-care self-development specifically liberation as a practice and so as an instructor and as a content creator I aim to create lessons and content that not only like it's not so much about teaching my clients how to pole dance, but it's giving them the tools to use movement as a liberation practice. Wow. Um, it's also like listening and streaming my audio recordings, my teachings, my podcast to help you to think about the life you want to live, to give you some guidance on journal prompts and prompts that you can also transform into movement prompts. So for me, Pole is a feeling. It's, I should say, pole is an outlet. It's a tool for for people to kind of explore themselves, to express themselves. And yes. that's what matters to me. That's the way I see pole, like as a form of therapy. Yes, that is beautiful. And it's unapologetic. You know, you're not apologizing for being a pole dancer and being smart as hell and having your PhD. It's just absolutely not. It's <laughs> it's it's stunning. It's so stunning. And I was gonna say, like, what is it? Because anyone can, you know, get a pole tutorial, anyone can go take a class, but what do you feel that you've really taken the time to hone in on and make it your own? What is it that you feel that you are giving to your students that's different from just lessons and you know this is how you climb and this is how you this like what is that connection that you're connecting with them yeah it's all about the feeling for me so it's meeting my students where they are i have lessons for almost every level and it's not about having perfect lines it's not about gaining all of these different skills and doing all these different tricks i don't teach a lot of tricks most of the tricks or shapes that I teach are beginner to intermediate, mm -hmm. right? I don't really do a lot of advanced um, teaching, especially online, but it's more about creating your own liberation practice and just moving your body. And mm -hmm. these are tools that you can use to do that. I'm also really big on freestyle and just helping my students to not just learn, but to figure out who they are as like artists and their own identities yes. and what it is, what, uh, what is their story and how they want to tell their story through pole and through movement. I love it. I love it. And Thank it's you. so, it's so necessary. It's so needed because so many, so many women and so many women of color are afraid to tap into the, the sensuality and that, that's that sexualness, you know, and I was, I just had a conversation with someone about this and she was like, I, I really realized I thought I was doing something by like doing yoga. And I was like, girl, yes. But like, you know, she was like, but I realized that I'm missing this whole sensual side of myself and this whole allowing myself to be free and allowing myself to, to walk in that. And even by you just literally saying like Sundays is for self-pleasure, like that, you know, so many people cannot say that. And, mm -hmm. and I think so many women of color cannot, cannot 
say that out loud and, and be proud of it and, and be okay with it. And what you're doing is, is beautiful. It's necessary. And it's, I, I absolutely love it. You're, you're such like a, a Zen, like little Lotus flower. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was sweet. Thanks. You are. It's so great. I I love it. I hope the takeaway that listeners get from this is to make Sundays for self-pleasure. That would like make me so happy. I hope so too. I, I whatever hope that so looks too. like for everyone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So do you have any tips that you would give, you know, on journeying to start pole dancing, journeying to get into a PhD program? <sighs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I oh my gosh. Absolutely. I think my first tip is just gonna sound so cheesy, but it's just true. Just do it. Like think less and yep. just go for it. Go for it. I had a lot of doubts, especially when it came to the PhD. After I decided, hey, if other, everyone else can do it, so can I? I was just like, okay, now that means I have to do all the steps, but just do it. And if you get stuck on how do I do it, I'm really big on lists. I'm a very, I'm a very free flowing, creative spirit, but I, I have two sides to me. I'm also very analytical and I'm very, I'm a little type A and I love lists. So I, I think the best step that you can take is to create a series of steps. Mm. So whatever it is that your goal is or what, what do you want to do? Apply to PhD programs or start your full journey. Like create, what does that look like? Let's create steps. And that like, especially if you're someone who experiences anxiety, you get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like me, I experienced that. The steps like will really help you to be more grounded and to know how to approach what it is that you want to do. Yes. I'm not a little type A. I'm like very type A and I have yeah. steps. Too. Right. The steps help. Girl. Steps you. help. And when you accomplish mm-hmm. them, you feel so much better. It's like this, yeah. like, oh, look, at, I'm a badass. I did this today. Okay. Here we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, it is time for the get em goals. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The get them goals is a goal that the guest gives the listeners to achieve. So your get them goal is supposed to be anything that you want them to try out for this week. And hopefully that get them goal will turn into something that becomes a lifestyle just habit that they do. So what is your get them goal for everybody? Okay. I like the can Sunday we, self-pleasure, but I was just about to say, can we make that? I feel like I, I came into this with a get em goal already. You did. So I came into this with a get em goal already, and I'm just going to self-pleasure for Sunday. Sundays are for self-pleasure. I think that we can transform that into a goal. Like, where does it fit? What does that look like for me as a person? I'm going to pass that on to the listeners. I'm here for this. I absolutely love it. I love it. Y'all Sundays, self-pleasure, however that looks for you. (laughs) I love it. I just love pleasure. It's so good. It's so good. All right, guys. Well, Miss Kristen, Dr. Kristen, my bad. Thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you so much. Please let everyone know where they can find you on all the interwebs and the websites and the things. 
Yeah, you know, you can just Google me, the Polkologist, and I'll pop up on Instagram, the Polkologist PhD, and I, I, I'm. You can find me. <laughs> it's across the board. She's like the Polkologist. Is it Polkologist.com? Polkologist. Oh, the Polkologist.com. Always the the, the Polkologist. There we go. All right, y'all. So you know where to find her. She is around. You are killing it. You're like mom of the year, co-parent of the year, polar of the year, PhD, doctor of the year. Like I, I love it. I'm here for you. And your hair looks stunning, by the way. Your locks are getting so long. <laughs> Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank they you. Are. Beautiful. I love you. Are, do you have a double nose cuff by any chance? Or is I that do. just a same? I do. It's two nose piercings. I have my nose double pierced. I love, I love. Yes. The first one was, oh God, I got the first one. I think when I was like 19 and the second one I got, I was like 31. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm, I love it. Looks I, cute. Know. I know. Thank you. All right, y'all. So until next time, be courageous, be sexy, be strong. And I will holla at you later. Bye.